0: Hey friends, so good to be with you. My name is Alex Rayhill, and I'm uh, really uh, excited to be sharing the word with you today. It's a big Sunday, baptism Sunday. Some great things going on. Uh, and today we're talking about what is life all about. And today we're talking about life is mission. And if that seems like something you're like not sure about what that means, we're gonna uh, hopefully by the end you're gonna go, oh my gosh, this is so important for my life and for me. But I want to start off with a story. One of the things that um, uh, we regularly did with our kids as they were growing up is we read them stories, and uh, they loved reading stories, hero stories, epic adventures, where you had to overcome all odds and save the world. Lord of the Rings was a staple in our household, Frodo and Legolas and Aragorn, they were on a first-name basis with our kids. <laughs> and uh, uh, and they were on this epic journey to save the world. And if you've never read Lord of the Rings, you need to. And uh, it's it's been an uh, 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 oversight in your education. And I want to in- encourage you to grab a hold of that. And um, they didn't want to do math or science or anything else. But, man, they loved the stories, the narrative, and the hero adventure. And um, I, I, I can remember one time we were... Uh, at camp, and uh, I was calling the kids in for dinner, and uh, and they said something like, "Alex and Dylan were running like through the woods," and they said, "We'll be there after we get the orcs out of the Shire, Dad." <laughs> and I said, "I'm going to put the orcs in a timeout. We're going to have dinner now, okay?" So, uh, but it was just like the whole their whole life, they were doing this and and living these adventures and protecting the Shire, you know, protecting people from those forces that would harm them. Why? Because they wanted to give their lives to something bigger than themselves. It was, it was innate within them that they were meant for something more. They wanted to make a difference. They wanted to make the world a better place. They wanted to protect. They wanted to advance goodness and change the world. And all six-year-olds get this before we crush it out of their little hearts. Sometimes our culture can do that. And you ask them what they want to be when they grow up. And they go, I want to be Aragorn. I want to be Legolas. They want to do something where they're going to make a difference. I want to be a fireman. I want to, and uh, there's a lot of great jobs, and don't knock your job, but there's this sense of uh, mission that they feel at that age is ripe and, and right at the surface. And uh, I think that's important for us to realize because it's part of how God made us. And when they play and they have fun, they're wearing Star Wars. They're, they're uh, Lucas, I, I should have shot this picture, but anyway, or, or they're wearing <laughs> a Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. My son Lucas w- lived in a Buzz Lightyear uh, costume for, for much of his young life and um, uh, because he wanted to save the planet from Zerg and all of his evil minions. <laughs> And again, why do they do that? Because they wanna—they wanna live into. They actually wanna incarnate. That's why they wear the costumes. They wanna actually embody these heroic tales because they have a sense that that's where the fulfillment and fruition of their life will occur. They wanna do something significant, and we all long for that significant mission. What was your favorite hero story when you were a kid, or a child, or a teenager? You probably had one. You had a hero. Or an epic adventure, and they almost always involved a world-saving mission. And I want you to think about that because it's part of how you were wired. When's the last time you felt you were involved in, you were doing something that was really good? You knew like this is just the right thing to do. I had I talked to someone who was uh, uh, helping with our uh, homeless uh, outreach, where we there was we work with a ministry to feed those who are unsheltered, and uh, they said, you know what, there's a lot of things I'm not sure about in my life, but this was just really good to be feeding someone who I knew didn't have food. That simple. I was on mission. They were on mission. When's the last time you you felt like you were doing something really important or significant or impactful or meaningful? What purpose are you and I living for that goes beyond our own comfort and or retirement or, you know, fire, financial independence, retire early, whatever it is. We all think we're going to get to this line and then life's going to start. And it's like, no, you you and I, God's calling us to a life right now. And um, and here's why. If you look at scripture, you're going to see these two images that are inter, uh, inter- interwoven throughout scripture. The first is, and they sound really um, heady, but they're simple. Imago Dei and Missio Dei. Imago Dei is the image of God. You were made in the image of God. Your intellect, your emotion, and your will, you were made to uh, reflect God's goodness in the world. It's part of why you aspire to be more than you are. You go, where does this come from? Why? Why do I feel like I'm meant to be more than I am? Because you are. You're made in the image of God. But to be made in the image of God as a being means that you now have to live out what that image looks like, which is a doing. It's the missio dei. It's the mission of God. And God is on a mission. And he's doing something in the world. And if you and I are not caught up in that, we are sitting on the sidelines, and we're finding ourselves bored, empty, and unfulfilled. Because we are meant to be living out the image of God and and engaged in the mission of God. Because God's a God on mission to change our world, to advance his goodness. God is a God on mission to restore uh, the broken relationship between him and his the people, humanity, people made in his image. And to be a follower of Jesus is to be on mission. And you have to say, what was Jesus' mission? Well, let's start with this. What does mission mean? Missio. Missio is a Latin word that means Sent. Okay? Sent for a purpose. Mission means sent for a purpose. Another way I like to tell or say it because it's, it's easy to remember is uh, Missio is something sent with intent. So, a missive is a letter that has a purpose, and that what used to be a name for a letter. And it's the in the Latin translation of scripture, we see Jesus when you see Jesus saying sent, the Latin word is missio, and that's where we get our word mission. That you and I were sent with intent, that Jesus was sent with intent. What was Jesus sent to do to show the beauty and character of God, the love of God, and to share the love of God and the good news and the kingdom of God, this, this longing we all have to be connected to God and to be living in a beloved community where God's goodness is being advanced, where uh, hungry people are being fed and hurting people are being helped and where broken structures in our society are being addressed and where beautiful things are being made. And, um, and then to save. To save our uh, broken people made whole is part of God's God's goal. And we all have brokenness. We all sense that. Uh, sinful people made holy, the fact that we miss the mark and God's calling us to this place of, of light and goodness and purity in Him. You Jesus was made for a mission, he was sent with intent, and you were made for a mission. Ephesians 2:10, this is a great memory verse for you. Says this, for we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, created us anew. That's the imago Dei, okay? It's the being, oh, I'm made new like Christ. as I come into a relationship with Christ, as I surrender my life to Christ, as I uh, come to faith, so we can do the good things, the good works, He planned for us long ago. That's the Missio day. See that? I'm made in the image of God. I'm remade. I'm remade as His masterpiece to live into that. And from that being flows my doing. And there's this full integration of your identity, that your being and your doing are deeply connected and, and balanced in a healthy, uh, fruitful, flourishing way. These are the good things that you were created to do. God has good things He created you to do. There are good things, and Jesus said specifically this. Jesus now, uh, so Jesus is going. He's fulfilled his mission. He's going back to the Father, and in John twenty twenty one, He says, "Peace be with you." peace be with you right now. Jesus wants you to receive his peace right now. Like peace, okay. And part of the peace of God comes with aligning ourselves with the life of God. He says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. So send I you. And what does that mean? Well, how, what did the Father send Jesus to do? He sent him to show and reflect the love of God to, in good works, to share the love of God in our words and, and our testimony, and that we have experienced this life-changing relationship with Jesus. And, and um, uh, we hope you're gonna, you, you'll, you'll receive that and, and enter into the truth about who Jesus is. Show the love of God, share the love of God, and serve with love, doing good that you and I would do the good things that Jesus created us to do. As the Father sent me in the same way, showing, sharing, saving, I'm sending you now. And this is your purpose. This is my purpose. You and I were made to live a life that's bigger than us and that extends beyond us. We're meant to be on a world-transforming mission, locally and beyond. So here's the question for you and I. If this is what we were made for, And everything else, if we're not living this, you and I may make money. We may have nice toys. We may have comfortable things. We may have vacation plans that sound amazing. But you and I are going to find ourselves ultimately empty and unfulfilled. Because we are not plugged in to the the power source, to the life source of God. And that's why Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit this mission that God created us to live, this life God created us to live, that we would be who God made us to be and do what God made us to do. So what are some of the good things Jesus planned for you to do? I want to give you three possibilities here. Because Jesus planned for you and I, and they're not just possibilities. These are actually things we're commanded to. And I hope we come back to the first one because I feel increasingly strong about this is one of the missing elements of our world and our church. Jesus created you and I. What's the good? To be a friend. Friending. Jesus said that he calls us his friends. What is a friend? I love the way Tim Keller says it. This is really pithy, and we'll come back and preach on this sometime in the future. A friend is someone who always lets you in and never lets you down. Think about that. Isn't that what you long for in a friend? Someone who always lets you in. They're going to not put on a facade or be hypocritical. They're just going to let you know and see who they are. And they're going to open their hearts to you, open their home to you. And they never let you down. When you're in need, when you're in trouble, that friend is there. And we live in, an, uh, right now, One of the, we're again at this kind of epidemic levels of loneliness and anxiety and I want to tell you, one of the reasons one of the counterintuitive things is uh, as you study the psychological and sociological research on anxiety, listen to this. They're saying one of the ways you can reduce your anxiety is to think less about yourself and focus on serving others. <laughs> this is, again, purely just unrelated to biblical faith or anything else one of the one of the uh, recommendations for how to uh, reduce anxiety is I have to quit thinking about me and I have to quit serving myself. I have to spend some time focused on another person and making them feel comfortable, helping them feel at ease and serving them and that actually is counterintuitively reduces your anxiety. Try it. but in our lonely world I I increasingly think this is going to be one of the ultimate expressions of the people of God. Do we know how to be friends, make friends? So who's one person you can reach out to uh, to genuinely see how they're doing? I want you to just think about that. Who's one person maybe? And and God puts you where he put you on purpose. There are people around you that you're bumping into maybe that God's like, okay, I want you to take it a a level deeper and be a friend to them. Friending. The second one is loving. And you say these are related, but we often don't think about family as friending. We often think of family as we gotta love them. And so you're gonna see family this week. It's Thanksgiving week. You probably will interact with some of your family, some of whom maybe you wanna see, some of whom you're hoping you can be at Aunt Frida's and not have a blow up go down, right? And uh, and so what does it look like to love your family this week? And how can you show love this week? And I would encourage you to think about that. Just what does it mean to think about them, be there for them, listen to them, care for them? And the third one is serving. And, and serving is this. You and I, you have a gift set. You, God created you as a masterpiece, not to sit on a shelf, but to, with gifts and a call. And he wants you and I to use those. So what's the good work you and I can be doing in the church and in the world? Not because there's jobs that need to get done. Yes, that's part of the reality. Guess what? Dishes always got to get done. Every day I go home, I go to my sink, there's dishes. But uh, it's what can you do and how can you use your gifts for the church? And I want you to think about this. Every week we're going to be gathered this Sunday. I can't wait. Baptism Sunday is going to be awesome. There's a group of people who set this place up and tear it down. And I think about Ron and Bill and others who just every week, they're faithfully there, they're doing their thing, they're not asking for accolades, they're just serving. And um, every week, people volunteer to teach uh, our kids and to love on our kids and to show up for our kids. And I think of Jessica and, and Bettina and others who every week are there serving and teaching our kids, Sarah, um, people prepare hospitality for us. I think of Fran and Pete and how they show up and, uh, Provide coffee and donuts because it's part of the love of God. Uh, every week, there's people there to greet us. I think at Debbie and Mark, and, and it's just been, it's so fun to see a face of a, someone you know who smiles when they see you, and they're glad you're there. And that's part of what we want to create as we engage as a community. There's people who lead worship every week. There's sound and tech. I think at Nate and Sam and Tyler, Eli, people who just regularly serve and they're making a difference. And they volunteer, and it, and, uh, it makes a difference for, for our ability to gather. And then I think about our community and how people are helping with the homeless and in other places to serve through our church and into the larger community. Here's my question. In what ways is God prompting you to serve? And as you sense that prompting, I want to encourage you to take your first step. Just get involved to say, hey, I don't know if this is my thing, but I'm willing to try it for a couple weeks or a month and get a hold of Kate or somebody. But there's ways you can serve and make a difference in the church and in the world. I want to close with this verse. It's called the Great Commission. And commission, we often miss this, means sending together. We're sent together on this mission. Mission, sent with a purpose. Co, together. And this idea of we're sent together on mission. Jesus said this in Matthew 28:18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has the power. Therefore, go and make disciples. So he's commissioning us with his power, with his authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make people who follow me in my ways, people who are reconciled to God and who are now living the way uh, of the Father. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptize it. That's part of what we're here to do today. It's so beautiful. We're going to be baptizing people. And baptism means I've been brought out of uh, darkness and into light that I've, I've acknowledged that I was dead and now I'm alive. But baptism means something else. It means to be incorporated into the family of God. Baptism is a sign that I'm now part of the, the new community of Jesus, the family of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You and I are sent together to partner with Jesus. And he's inviting us now to advance his kingdom on the earth. And the Great Commission is God's mission. That this broken world would be restored and and the broken relationship between God and humanity Would be reconciled. And we often take this Great Commission as individuals, but it's written in the plural. It it means the whole church does this work together. We help people come to faith through our witness as a community. We disciple people, and that may be in groups and in other ways, and and that we, we invite them into the community and they grow and they experience God and they learn God's truth and they live God's ways. And they go, and we go and serve as a community. We do this as individual and community, and sometimes we only see it as an individual focus, but I don't think that does. that's not doing service to the commission, because the commission is to a people, us as God's people. And God's doing this right now in our midst, and it's so awesome. Uh, and we're here to, that more people might come to know him. And we, I just shared about baptism, but the other way we're, we're doing this is through the building campaign. So this is part of the mission of God that we're moving toward a home, a home base where we can be rooted and present and where we can minister to the community all around us. And and when you get a building, one of the things that happens for a church is deep and wide. When a church has a home, they often are able to grow deeper because they're, they're able to put more energy into ministries that help people grow. And they also go wider Uh, Just like a tree, as a tree gets rooted, the the, the trunk is uh, thickened and strengthened and the branches are are, are stronger. And, And the fruit of an apple tree, for example, there's more fruit that produces as it grows and is rooted. And as a church gets a building, one of the things that happens is it often reaches its community in ways it can't when it's portable. That's why a church will often experience growth in the midst of that deepening. They also have a wider reach. And there's people God loves. People God wants to know him. And uh, they're they're waiting for us. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for our church to be a place where we can uh, be present. And we can see people. And we can hear people. And we can invite people in. A place where we can grow. And so, as we are thinking about this, I want to just invite you to join God on God's mission. As we have this home, and we've been praying about this and seeking this out, and I, I, want, I want to invite you to continue, uh, to give toward this. And uh, Marcy and I are, are a part of this, and we're all in, and we want to invite you to join us as we join God. And lastly, I want to say thank you, uh, because as even as I share this message, we're not just talking about the Great Commission; we're doing it. This Sunday, people are getting baptized because they've come to faith. And last week, someone recommitted their life to Christ. And we're looking at this building campaign, and we're looking at uh, uh, the ministry and the ways that we can be advancing God's kingdom in the community where we live in Livonia. And we're not just talking about it, we're doing it. And we invite you to do it with us. We want to join God on God's mission. Because life, meaningful life, includes mission. And life without mission is not the life you were meant to live. It's a half-life. So as we close, I want to encourage you to choose to do one thing this week. And I mentioned it. So friend, who's one person maybe you can reach out to them and genuinely see how they're doing. Who can you friend? Uh, love. As you, you're gathered with family and others this week, maybe there's someone close by and you're going, God, who do you want me to love? How can I love them? And he's laying someone in your heart. How can you love someone this week? Serve. How can you use your gifts and give? Will you join God in God's mission through giving toward the building campaign? I'm not asking you to do all of them. Do one of them, maybe two of them, and uh, take your next step with God because your life is unique and beautiful and meant to be significant. And that beautiful significance happens when you say yes to God on mission. Let's pray. And if you haven't said yes to God, I want to invite you to do that right now. Lord Jesus I'm just confessing that I need you, that I love you, that I want you in my life, and I'm asking you to forgive me and bring your renewal into my life, Lord. Cleanse me of my sin. Recon- I just want to be made right with God. I want-, I want to have my relationship right where there's nothing between us. Thank you that you forgive completely and that I can trust in you because you paid the price for my sins. I receive this gift of new life, and I want to join you on mission. And for the rest of us, Lord, we pray that you would help us to see what the enemy doesn't want us to see, that you made us as unique and wonderful reflections of your image, and Lord, you created us to be a unique masterpiece, that does, and, and that each one of us would serve in simple and yet unique ways in the church and in the world To advance your work. And when we do this together, Lord, we experience your life as we abide in you and we advance and share your love and life with others. Lord, may we do this as a church in Jesus' name. Amen.